I'm Jordan O'Brien, and welcome to the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me for episode four this week is a friend of mine, one of my lovely work colleagues, one of the many lovely work colleagues that you'll meet in Lisburn, Rebecca Morris. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're just fresh off of a shift, how was it this morning? Oh yeah, it was, um, I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something. It was a Monday morning. <laughs> it, is always, it is always something on a Monday morning in Liverpool. Yeah. Queues, queues for people to get in. Queues to get in, yep. Uh, somebody's got milk at my store, <laughs> so I had to like, clean up two litres of milk. Um, yeah, it was... It was something. Some things just never change. No matter what day of the week it is when you go in, it's always just a disaster. Totally. Disaster. Absolutely. Total disaster. Absolutely. So thank you for coming on. Welcome to this. How are you thank feeling? Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can I start by saying that it was actually drunk Becca that <laughs> offered to do this? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I've got, the, I've got the wrong person yeah. then. Okay, I've got it the wrong person. It was drunk Becca that offered to do this. So what did yeah. you do before Little then? So, um, for the past sort of four years, I've been working in the Alps, so in France and Switzerland, um, for a holiday tour operator. Really? Yeah. Again, I knew that you... You did know this, kind of. Yes, but I, again, I didn't know for that, <laughs> that long. So yeah, four years, yeah, about four years. I feel like such a bad friend now. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> that I didn't this is why we needed the interview. <laughs> no, because I had heard in conversations before that obviously your interests are skiing, holidays and yeah. things like that. So I just assumed that you were the kind of person that went on those holidays. I didn't know if you actually worked or yeah. if people had organised them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you find that? Uh, pretty intense, but amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I started off working as a holiday ref um, in France for like a 250-person hotel. Wow. So there was a lot of staff. There was about 90 staff just in myself in the hotel that changed beds, served food, childcare team that looked after children, this whole kind of big setup. Um, and when I was as a ref, I was responsible for taking guests to the airport and dealing with their many, many concerns <laughs> that they love to have. Perfectly suited for life in retail afterwards Absolutely. then. Absolutely, yep. Complaining about the weather, about their dinner, everything under the sun. So, um, yeah, but that was pretty cool. It was it was a really big team, so it can't, you can't have a lot of other people to help you. Yeah, you had plenty of people that you could sort of rely on to give yeah, you a hand. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for the first winter and then the first summer abroad I lived in Switzerland um, in a place called Unterwalking which is absolutely stunning, like the most beautiful place I've ever seen. And was that Swiss French or Swiss German again? Swiss German, yeah. Oh lovely. So it was lovely language. <laughs> German is a lovely language, I will have you know. Okay, so okay. As a student for six years, do not disrespect German on my show. <laughs> It's, uh, it, I mean, it feels like an easy language, not easy language to learn, easier, because mm-hmm. it kind of is like English, but just to listen to, it can sound quite aggressive. I think that's an unfortunate stereotype that will just never get shifted <laughs> from it whatsoever. Yeah. But German is a lovely language, yeah. and I know there's listeners out there that studied it with me and can speak it. Take mine and their word for it. Get learning it. Because <laughs> I, I'm quite embarrassed to say that I didn't learn a lot of it when I was away. You do. You do learn a lot. Everybody's of it. got English though. That's what's so ter- like terrible. That you nearly don't get much of a chance to try learn the language. Yeah, because everybody just sort of sees the pale white skin with freckles and they're like, I don't speak English yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where they're from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the same when we had German students come over from the exchange and again they came into the classroom and it was almost heartbreaking how good their English yeah. was but at the same time how poor my German was. Yeah. They're able to have intellectual conversations and I'm sitting asking them to go to speak fine. <laughs> yeah, we were just we were just joking about this before. Like in school when you learn languages it's like I have so many brothers and sisters, I go to the cinema and 
Whereas in Germany and France, like they learn to have a conversation yeah. in English, and because English is such a worldwide language that you go to most corners of the globe, yeah. and you will find an English speaker in it. Mm. Whereas I think some people just take it for granted that they can go out and yeah, I, I'm okay. I speak English. I, speak I English. will be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's almost heartbreaking if you've studied for so long to learn a language and you go out and the first conversation you have in this new country that you've been so excited for is, well, how is it? <laughs> how are you? Are you okay? No, speak foreign to me. Tell me something else. Yeah. Speak to me in French. I practice <laughs> for this. Yeah, so true. So while you were working in Switzerland, um, France, love to be able to have the ability to go skiing and that's why quite a bit on ski trips not to be able to go when I feel like I've just missed the boat on it it's a bit late for me now yeah, to try and learn it's hard to learn when you're older either like in front in France I've been to one ski trip in school and then when I was 22 23 when I went into the first season that was the first I learned how to snowboard as well and I've never snowboarded before and it was I, I just feel I don't have like the balance yeah, coordination. And, and grace to try and be able to learn the <laughs> yeah. ski because I don't want to keep falling over. It's the same way I don't like ice skating. Yeah. I don't want to fall. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've missed the boat on it and it's too late for me now. Yeah. Yeah. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> we'll see. I'll try and convince her when we're allowed to holiday again. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to the ski slope with free asthma. Oh, God. <laughs> Plastic sheets. That's what they are. <laughs> It's the Alps of Northern Ireland. <laughs> or have you seen We Are Vertigo? They have, it's literally like a conveyor belt. Like that's what you learn to ski on. It's, no. like, it's, it's just like a conveyor belt on this like small hit, like small hill. Really sad. It's, it's quite, it's quite sad. Imagine, imagine trying to learn a winter sport in a place that does not have a winter. Yeah. You know? This makes the achievement of Eddie the Eagle slightly more impressive. Like, yeah. <laughs> he can do a ski jump and he's probably just going down his local street on a bin lid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's went, this is an Olympic sport, I'll give that a try, sure. <laughs> and it'll work out alright. But on those seasons, I'm sure everyone who has watched a romantic comedy and has seen Chalet Girl, Chalet Girl. Thinks, it's, Chalet Girl. thinks it's so <laughs> glamorous. Is it really, though? Because <laughs> the thing is, I did my first, the first year of working with this company, I was a holiday or a rep, um, and then I went straight in to be like a manager of the rep, um, but due to my manager, who's the resort manager, so the person who runs the show, he ended up leaving, so within a year of working for the company, I went straight to resort manager. Way out of my depth to start with, <laughs> not gonna lie, really out of my depth. Um, I had such an amazing team though, like guys that I'm still very, very close with today. Um, they've definitely helped me get through it. Um, but it was pretty tough. And that season we call it Snowmageddon because it was the most insane amount of snow you have ever seen. Like, oh my god, my walk to work was just like these huge, like. My, I I'm really bad with measurements, but like really, really tall, <laughs> tall bits of snow like at either side. It was pretty hectic, like getting the guests to the airport in time to make their flights. Sometimes we had to bring them to the airport the night before because the road was going to shut because we knew that there were like planned avalanches the yeah. next morning and things like that. So we had to like, well, guests are not happy, even though we're trying to get them out of an avalanche. They're not happy about leaving their holiday a day early. <laughs> For safety reasons. <laughs> They'd almost rather be trapped. Yeah. And snowed in. Oh, I paid for an extra day's holiday. I'm going to have it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're going to have it in a hospital bed for the next six <laughs> yeah. weeks. If you don't listen to us and just go. Exactly. Exactly. So there was a lot of, it was a huge kind of logistical job and putting uh, guests on like different coaches. I mean, they would be on like, in one day you can have guests on like 30 different flights and 10 different coaches. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in and out of the resort all day long and kind of getting more encounter with tents and oh, snow everywhere. And so much stuff that you actually have to think about and something that you wouldn't really know if you were just a guest. The kind yeah, of hassle that yeah, goes, yeah. you know, you 
might have a problem that's really big for you as a guest but you could have several other issues that you have to deal with and this yeah. is like bottom of your priority list yeah and yeah. they don't see that point yeah. of it the amazing thing was though like we got fresh guests every saturday and sunday so if it was coming up to thursday friday you know a really tough week for some people we knew just two more days two more days and then we get a fresh set <laughs> and they're gone and they've left and peace <laughs> exactly and peace. so how long normally would you work on average so i would do in the winter i would be in france for about just under five months and then i usually come home for maybe two weeks or so two three weeks and then would have headed back up to switzerland and then again be there for a few more weeks so just almost constantly all year round yeah. on the go northern ireland was a holiday for me coming back to northern ireland was like i don't think i've holiday. ever heard anyone say that before <laughs> so excited going away somewhere maybe it's spain or florida yeah. but i always try and think of the opposite like a family of little spanish kids and they're all running around frantically packing their suitcases full of jeans and anoraks to go to <laughs> yeah, belfast yeah, yeah. for a week <laughs> let's go kids okay. we're going to see the gold coast <laughs> or the antrim coast take your pick <laughs> why you would holiday here i don't know but then you know yourself from having been to uni away like mm -hmm. coming home is really exciting getting to see all your friends and family and people that you've not maybe seen for a long time and stuff so that's always a really nice feeling yeah it, it is nice coming back and then you sort of rekindle those little connections that you have with people yeah. from school or family and it is good for two or three weeks and then you go back again and suddenly you might be on your own for a little bit longer um i'm sure you probably felt the same way coming back for a couple of weeks but yeah. you go away into that little world and you have friends over there that sort of keep you going for a little oh, bit. Oh, big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved coming home, but I was always really excited to go away again because I had this kind of clique of friends that was had done seasons about the same time as me. And because generally people will maybe only do it for like one six month stint. Mm -hmm. um, so it's often like after school or finished uni or something, but there's a few of us that were doing it for a couple of years and kind of making a career out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah but we do I would do really cool things and like like I'd be home in November and me and my family would have Christmas in November before I went away and obviously work all October. through Christmas day and stuff <laughs> I can imagine Christmas day on oh. a ski resort would be hectic very mental yes hectic we lost a turkey last Christmas and I thought I was gonna go insane on Christmas day we couldn't find a turkey for one of our salaries and I was going absolutely mad I was like it's summer I've seen it here this morning <laughs> and then we end up finding that I have a real feeling that one of the hoods hit it on the little hood to like be a bit of an arsehole to be honest and, and just nest them a little bit yeah. yeah on like one of the most stressful days possible yeah yeah, yeah. in that environment it's the kind of thing I could see myself doing just meddling with people to have yeah. a little, little bit of fun <laughs> it would have been a nightmare to have <laughs> and a nightmare for anyone to have <laughs> You've seen it firsthand in Burke, torture. <laughs> so you were there for three or four years. Friends and memories are made and it's something that will always live with you. What suddenly then made you come home from it? I don't see. <laughs> Dreaded COVID. <laughs> <laughs> what? See, I must yeah. have thought there was a reason behind it because nobody goes from working in absolute snowy heaven yeah. to little yeah no that's that's not the transition that usually happens <laughs> no it's normally the other way around things yeah. are supposed to get better yeah well, why what happened then well obviously i know what happened but you know what happened a global <laughs> pandemic happened <laughs> I, know, I know that bit as much but what were the because obviously you would have been away and it would have been likely the french government would have been setting restrictions over there so you were following guidelines here what yeah. did happen then it was really interesting because i think if you re if you remember at the start it was really kicking off in italy in terms of europe yeah it, it was getting hit really hard at the start and um the ski resort that i was in was looking onto another ski resort which was in france it was a place called the rosier 
I'm the in the Rosier you can see how France has Hitler and you would have guests in the Rosier house. And I remember this was the week before we went home, the guests arrived in the Le Rosier and they'd closed the Italian side. Mm-hmm. And even then we were like, wouldn't you be rude if you were in Le Rosier and couldn't <laughs> see in Italy? Oh, what a nightmare. But like still living in bliss and like ignorance. Uh, we would have guests if they came on Saturday and Sunday. So by Friday and Saturday, Friday's in charge of 20 different salads. By Friday and Saturday, all of our food delivery would have come in for all the guests arriving. And the guys would have been down in the stores picking up our food, you know, picking up one chicken, one pork, so many carrots, everything else. And they yeah. brought it all up to their shop, you know, big, big operation, getting all the food in the salads. And all of our guests arrived on the Saturday because they, everyone in France was doing this thing where it was like, yeah, everyone else is closing down, but we're, we're still open. Everything's fine. Just try and get tourism still yeah, in and people, people to come and not be scared yeah, spend their money basically or whatever so all of our guests arrived on the saturday and then i think it was half eight on the saturday night macron announced that bars restaurants cinemas the whole you know places were going to close down at midnight that night so when we, i'm going to be honest when we found out at half eight on saturday night that that was happening we got finished up pretty quickly and went straight to the bar we were like we've got to have our final night like this is the last time people are going to be in bars and stuff yeah so we went to the local bar had the biggest sesh ever <laughs> like i still have a bit of a hangover thinking about it <laughs> it was huge um and funnily i mean the resort i was in last year was 2000 meters above sea level there was no police station no hospital up there like you're really cut off from a lot yeah but the police did come into the bar at midnight to make sure that it was shut down mm-hmm. and that's when we knew wow this is very serious. serious yeah because there was never a police presence up there that kind of far away from everything so that happened um on the saturday i think we had we had went home by tuesday morning so in those couple of days Usually it takes about two weeks to stuff around the resort. So clean all the chalets, get everything out of it, clean all the staff accommodations down, hand over money and all, all sorts, sorts of yeah. sort of admin stuff. So we had done this in like uh, two days and uh, it was pretty intense. Had to get all the food out of the chalets, back into the stores, back to the suppliers. And it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, the company we worked for were great and they obviously were in charge of getting us all home in time for borders shutting down and things like that but it was insane at first we thought we were going to be on coaches so we were all packing our bags for a coach and then maybe like a few hours before we left we found out we were on a flight and we could only bring one bag home with us now when people go away for six months they they bring like four or five suitcases with them so we all had to pack like our essentials and leave all the rest of our luggage in france and just like carry it home in a couple months time and stuff so and have you received it yet yes I have. My snowboard is sitting in Lisburn, <laughs> waiting to be used in Wait, Craig Avon ski slopes. Waiting for a snow day up at Laurel Hill, <laughs> yeah. where you can go down the grass path. Oh, I love it. Just a little slope. It would be so good for me on the steps. So yeah, it was pretty insane. It was pretty mental. And how much time did you actually have to prepare all this? No time. <laughs> like no time it was just like just on the spot it was just the night. proper on the spot and get it all done get as much cleaning as you could done and as much packing up of things and yeah it was pretty it was pretty crazy but i remember like the first day that we started to pack up and close down like a lot of the guys were, were moving of course and stuff and i was like you know what i'm okay with that like yeah. this is a really big deal that's happening right now for us and we're all losing our jobs obviously you know the last thing you want to worry about is not wearing the proper jacket. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> Things like that. And then by like the second day, they were like having a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning while they were cleaning. And I was like, you know what? Go for it, guys. As long as as much gets done as you can, that's fine. That's the way. Yeah. Is there any signs of it opening up again? Oh, I've been watching it so closely. And for a long time in the summer, I was always planning to go back again this winter. Um, and then I kind of made the decision myself to not go back because I kind of didn't want to be relying and waiting on it the company I work for is they're not running any holidays the ski lifts are shut in France at the minute they keep saying that it will open in another couple of weeks but I can't really see it happening to be honest but you are keeping an eye out and hopefully at some point maybe maybe 
he loved the dog and you loved the dog and her and since it's not the end of all we're working in little <laughs> i'm very grateful do not get me wrong i'm very grateful for little and i'm grateful to have a dog that has me on my feet and busy and the day you know yourself the day flies in when it's a busy day you know which is great i think at the minute as well that it's a little bit more security as well yeah absolutely. they're not going to turn around all of a sudden and say you have 48 hours to pack your stuff yeah. and go or find another job they're quite safe at the minute and that's why i'm happy enough working there Ab- too yeah absolutely i don't really have a, a long-term plan at the moment so while i have that safety net there's no real point in me looking elsewhere no, i guess absolutely i totally agree with you i am very grateful to be in an industry that i know i'm always going to have hours to do and, and things like that so going from that frantic pace of running a resort five months of the year suddenly coming home and then jumping into a retail environment i'm sure it's a massive change for you but i'm sure there's little bits that sort of overlap and you kind of have similarities i guess yeah i mean really as i said little is hectic and you juggle a million things at once like it's not like I wish it was, I suppose there are way bigger. And you may <laughs> only do one sort of job that day and little you're you're doing so many different jobs. You're everything. You're everything, yeah, exactly. And this is the one thing that always gets me now this is where we're gonna start to talk about customers. Okay. This is where <laughs> this is where we have to be very careful. So if anyone's listening <laughs> No, it's not a it's nothing specific, but you know, whenever you know how the till system works in Little, and you're kind of jumping on and off the tills. Yeah. And whenever you close down your till, and the customer goes, "Oh, you're wearing your brake," and I'm like, "No, I'm going to do the fifteen other things <laughs> that have to be done. I'm not going on my brake. I wish." <laughs> I'm not that lucky. Yeah, you know. I think that's one thing people maybe don't understand as well is like, their experience in other supermarkets is completely different from our experience. Mm-hmm. They go in and they will have, like you say, a designated person just operating tills, just packing out, just yeah. doing different jobs where we have to go in and if you're not able to do four or five different things at once then you do struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's expected from you though, you yeah. know, to be able to do a bit of everything. It took me a couple of weeks to sort of find everything that needed to be and then you're sort of just left on your own. So mm-hmm. it is a real sink or swim kind of environment. Yeah. But it's really beneficial if you're able to do all those things. I think people in other areas of work, if they see that you're able to do that, then that's such a big tick right yeah. beside your name in terms of what you're able to do there. And I think working in that kind of environment that you did, working all day on your feet, constantly putting out fires here and there across oh, the yeah. resort, yeah, it must have made things easier. And I think that's why I maybe assumed then that you had worked at Little longer than you had, because you had that sort of experience head of being able to go in and out of jobs and yeah. get everything sorted so which i'm looking forward to retired really. <laughs> brilliant that's what i want to hear there you go tourism ni if you're listening <laughs> i am available <laughs> exactly advertising the lovely ski slopes of big Adam again yeah i'll, I'll give them a revamp <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of tourism tourism ni phones you tomorrow and says right we've heard you we know that your experience when it comes to selling the resort to people you're now in charge of tourism ni what are your selling points to try and get people to right come here? so like yeah okay what are my selling points in northern ireland oh kind of tough because a lot of them are things that are closed right now <laughs> and not happening right okay so you know, but be- best case scenario everything <laughs> opens up soon i mean belfast bars are where it's at We've got some of the best bars, I think. Albeit, I don't recognise a lot of them because I haven't lived here in four <laughs> years. And it's been a pandemic for the past nearly year. But I know where they used to be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Belfast bars, we've got some great bars. And I mean, look, our cooks are absolutely amazing. If you get a good day in Newcastle or Munster or yeah. Dutch, the promenade. Beautiful. It's an amazing place to go. Beautiful. And like I say, no matter where you are in Northern Ireland, you're like 30 minutes from the coast. You know, everything's kind of... Do you know what? Actually, that would be the selling point that I would use, that you Mm -hmm. can literally go from the coast to a forest adventure in just like 45 minutes. Yeah. You can get anywhere in Northern Ireland within at least an hour. Yeah. Or Belfast City Centre. Yeah. yeah. You can can see the whole country if you wanted in a day. Yeah. (laughs) Sold. (laughs) And 
I'm sure you were the same when you went away to somewhere like Switzerland and France. Everything was just so far away. Yeah. The travel time was excruciatingly yeah, long. Yeah, big time. Especially when you're 2,000 metres above sea level. It's like <laughs> the local the local supermarket was like 45 minute drive away. So, yeah. I don't know how you would cope with that. But that just seems normal to people over there. Yeah, yeah. Like you think in the States that a bus for them would be like an interstate flight. Yeah. You're jumping, going to the airport and flying to and from cities is just normal for them. Whereas for us, yeah, you can get a gold liner over to Enniskillen if you wanted yeah. for a day out and go up, climbing up the mountains over there. I say mountains, they're not really mountains where yeah. are they? They're like large hills. But yeah. <laughs> you're you're 2,000 metres above sea level in a resort and our highest peak is not even half of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a big hill. That's it's all it is. It's a big hill, yeah nothing special it's a wee big hill it's a wee big hill <laughs> as we would say but it's normal for us totally obviously at the start of the pandemic you were working in one different sector and now you've jumped into the middle of retail during a pandemic in the run-up to christmas mm-hmm. new covid rules in every store mm-hmm. how do you think retail itself has reacted and how have you reacted as well to suddenly trying to adapt to all these new measures that's such a really good question because it's it can be really hard sometimes even yourself like the news and the guidelines are no more that you know you I think this is it's going to be hard to keep up to but I think at the minute like you're allowed to go for a walk if someone from one of the households yeah I think right? at, the, at the minute it's the household bubble yeah. you're allowed to be in a bubble with like one other one household. other household yeah so you know you listen to rules like that that are so strict and then we go into work where we're around hundreds yeah. of different households and in particular with little and with a little gripe with customers they hate how little space they have yeah after you scan their items even though they should be taking it to the packing bin <laughs> i try and tell them but yeah. you know <laughs> and the signs around the place try and tell yeah. you but sure no. you, work, you work away there so it but genuinely it is a very tight space and i know we do have screens up but the cus the customers come right up in behind at the other side of the screen to give them their cash to take their mask off lick their fingers get their cash (laughs) out you know and it's like and then you could have i can only just about see my mom you know yeah yeah i'm not you're not allowed to go and visit a grandparent's house and then leave there and head to another one because in the guidelines it says if you want to change household you have to isolate for 10 days and then the other households have to isolate and then you can form a bubble with them. Wow. That's on the that's online on the government website yeah. as a guideline. But yeah, like you say, it's okay for us to have customers climb over us on a Thursday yeah. or a Monday because we have chainsaws that are cheap. Yeah. Or yeah. something ridiculous. And the thing is, I don't know how to make how to make that any better or safer. I know they're saying we need to look after our retail workers and whatever else, but it kind of is what it is. And if anything, working in little has helped me kind of just get on with it yeah and stay busy and keep going and whatever but then when i have conversations with friends that are maybe working from home or doing a very different kind of job i kind of have to bring myself into their situation and which don't get me wrong working from home would be really tough i would really struggle to live and work in the same environment massively but as well it can make it a safer kind of place it's much easier done as soon as you have to kind of like you can't go to work or you know very different kind of situation yeah i i don't think i could have the motivation to be able to work at home yeah i think there's a lot of people as well are probably fighting that with their kids because they're trying to homeschool like how do you relay to a young child that no this is school time now and it's home time yeah you know it can all become very confusing very easily Mm -hmm. So I'm quite thankful that I do have a place that I can go to and almost still have like a little bit of a normal life. Yeah. I'm not able to really go out and have a night out or do different activities with friends, but I'm still able to have that freedom to leave the house, albeit going to a place of work. So <laughs> yeah, but you're seeing your friends. Yeah. And, you know, which you're right. We're very lucky for that. Um, but when it comes to the COVID guidelines and things like that, I feel like we're we're very much at risk. Yeah, and I, I know, like last week, you were saying you talked a bit about the mask thing, and how you just have an exemption, mm-hmm. and how you've not had COVID, and it's this magical yeah. <laughs> immunity. I know. 
can all go to concerts again. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, like, so many of us didn't know if each other didn't have it. And, you know, we're, we aren't sexually promiscuous like a lot of people. I think um, one thing that's definitely come out is the longer it's went on, the more people have sort of thought about themselves. Like, at the start, obviously, and don't get me wrong, there are people that are still doing these things that I'm going to mention. People were going out and shopping for their neighbours and the elderly and were putting others first. But I think as it's gone on longer, people are starting to kind of lose that enthusiasm. So you're seeing shops and supermarkets where people are just piling over each other Mm -hmm. to feed themselves first. Mm -hmm. And whether it's other supermarkets or it's our own place of work, you go in and you go into the front door and you just look up the aisle and you see that there is a mountain of people in front of you. You go, oh my God. But then again, don't get me wrong, like going to the supermarket is our only joy, luxury, whatever you want to call it at the minute, because it's the only thing that's open. That and drive through your takeaway shop is all you have. And, you know, I have been partial to going in and out of B&M a couple of times <laughs> just for a bit of joy. <laughs> I and I know everything they have in that shop, but you know, it's you, still exciting to you go. You can in. end up working there now. So you just have Tourism and I, hello. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> but yeah, like you say, that's that's the only real escape that people have at the minute is yeah. to go to a supermarket. And I think that's maybe one reason why it hasn't cleared up as much. In one sentence we're being told no unnecessary journeys and is your journey essential today and all these things okay yeah but we had to use hairdressers were open and mm-hmm. if i wanted to go for coffee seven days a week i could go for coffee seven days a week or you know yeah was, you had the option to go at least as well it's just really there were so many conflicting things that you were just being yeah. told like stay at home don't stay at home stay at home and work unless you can't form a bubble don't yeah. form a bubble yeah <laughs> don't travel further than 10 miles unless it's to go to work don't what travel here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is a bubble? When's a bubble not a bubble? Yeah. That kind of thing. It was so difficult. And even now, if you asked someone what the guidelines were officially, they could change from week to week. Yeah. And we, we don't know. They're always evolving. And that's a problem with dealing with something that we haven't dealt with before. Yeah. Other countries are able to maybe latch on to it a bit better. Like, I haven't heard much from Italy since yeah. this time last year when and it was Spain kicking off. And stuff as well. Maybe we've, z- I've been thinking about that recently too and I think maybe I've zoned out of other news and Wuhan and China and I just have not sort of been zoning into that kind of news for a long time but I'm sort of like, what's going on with those guys? Like, <laughs> you know, I, w- I wonder how Spain's getting on nowadays. Yeah, like can we what, go there yet? <laughs> I wonder what they're doing. We started out as one of the countries where we thought that, oh, because we're an island and we're detached from Europe, we'll be fine. But we'll keep the airports open and let people in. This is, I mean, this is where the problem has stemmed from, really, you know. Yeah, we'll just let everyone flock in and flock out. But yeah, let people come in and out of the airports as normal and travel about because we're still open and look at us guys, we're Mm. all good. And then in six weeks' time, everything will just be shattered mm. and now it seems to be we're one of the worst places we are like italy with yeah. people looking at the uk not being able to understand why we have Been not coped with it know. but this is the other difficult thing and i don't want to get too political about it but i'll have to a little bit <laughs> we're two very small islands with a different approach in northern ireland the republic of ireland scotland england wales five different things going on and I'll never forget, there was one time at the start, Boris was doing this announcement. It was a big thing. Boris, this big announcement. Boris, this big announcement. And I was waiting all day to listen to it. And I sat down and listened to it. And then I realised, why are we listening to that? It doesn't, it's not for us. No. It wasn't our, it's not our announcement. What Boris says, he starts his announcements off with, these are the rules in England and I hope everyone will follow. Or something like that, you know. And it's like, where is the clarity? Where is the... We are two small islands here. Let's work together to yeah. do something. And I think that has been a big problem in why it's gone so bad as well. COVID doesn't have a exactly. political face. It doesn't have exactly. an agenda or a religion or a colour of skin. No. COVID is a virus and no matter who you are, you can get it. Mm-hmm. So they needed to look at this situation and go, okay, Despite not agreeing with you in certain aspects, we all need to find something to agree with mm-hmm. now on this. I honestly think it would have been so differently. I, I mean, 
as if I'm like curing the problem for what's <laughs> happened in the UK and Ireland. But you know, I just think people would have accepted yeah. COVID is COVID and it affects everybody. Put it all aside and just follow. I think we have just single handedly fixed the world's problems are not we really are. Do you know what? That's that's everything that you need to hear. Get this yeah. sent off. I'm gonna start emailing every single political party in the United yeah. Kingdom just with that little segment. Yeah. We have solved COVID for you, mate. Thank you very much. I'll it, take a payment in advance. It might be a year too late, but <laughs> <laughs> we got there. And it might not make a lot of sense either way. No. But, but in hindsight. But it, that's the powerful thing, hindsight. <laughs> You're able to look back and make better decisions. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> and there's no doubt as well that because of all that uncertainty and juggling things in the air, not only has it had no effect in terms of not being able to do certain things and activities are suddenly being cut off from you, but just even like from a health point of view, physically and mentally, mm-hmm. yeah, not being able to go out and keep up your hobby of going to the gym three times a week, which is keeping you fit mm-hmm. and healthy, or being able to go for long walks, say for an extended period of time to clear your mind and stuff. It's having such a massive effect on everyone. Massively. And the thing is, because we're still living it, I think that we have to realise the full impact of it. Yet, because I feel like we are living week by week, waiting to see what the next pronouncement is and what we'll be allowed to do in March, in April. And so because we're still in the thick of it, I don't think people realise how difficult, I mean, not we, but just how difficult it is for everybody. Yeah. And there's yeah. definitely going to be long-term effects to it as well whether it is physical or mental like even statistics that are coming out now and i mentioned it on earlier episodes as well that are trying to compare it to other events and it just doesn't look good in terms of a mental health point of view Mm. things like the economic crash in ireland that i mentioned before where the rates of self-harm were up through the roof in males and females as well now is a time where social media can help us reach out and i just want to read um a thing out for you all to listen to back in september the band that i've mentioned before in the previous episode ran a charity golf day i don't know if you know this rebecca or not yeah we were mentioned it before yeah yeah um and we're due to hold one again in may all being that the restrictions (laughs) you're allowed to allow us to go so fingers are crossed yeah. for that but I got sent some statistics from the money we raised so we were able to raise £4,000 it was wow. for a charity called Emerge in Oakburn wow. and they provide counselling and bereavement support and they offer training as well for people to become mental health champions and wow. help you sign spot if people may be struggling or not so you're able to notice things not necessarily by the way a person talks but maybe changes in their behavior or their diet or things like that so it was really really good um and i would recommend anyone go and do it because it was free they were able to come out and do a presentation and it was really really helpful as well so we had had the golf day and we had raised the money and we then decided that the money was going to go towards equipment for an online service so before covid emerge only had offices in Lisburn and it was walk-in sessions and appointments so it was all done face-to-face whereas the money that we had raised helped buy laptops for them so they were able to offer online support for maybe people that are shielding or don't really want to leave the house in case they feel that they're almost at limit to feet which is never the case if you go out seeking help whether it's online or in person that's not admitting to feet that's just recognizing that there is a problem and you're doing something to fix it then. Yeah, yeah. So some of the statistics I have here are actually really eye opening and in terms of COVID as well. So they were able to start the service at the end of November last year. So when we handed over the laptops to them, they then launched the service not long after that. Within the first couple of weeks, maybe five or six people had used the service as of the week beginning the 18th of January there were almost 70 people there was wow. 68 wow. 
takeoff has used the online service in the space of a couple of months. It went from six people who had used the service at the last week of December to 50 at the start of January. So that one week going into the new year, there was such a massive spike. And the other interesting thing as well, looking at the statistics, up until a few weeks ago, it was mainly women who had used the online service as well. And it was only within the last couple of weeks that there was more males logging on. But just seeing that difference in January is immense. Huge, isn't it? And then they sort of statistically say the same way as I think it's a bit months ago they were guardless of COVID and everything that's going on anyway. You know, they're always really interesting to have been a lot of females. I think they're both very aware that it's because there's been more rallies than males are quite popping their heads in terms of taking part in solo parties and things like that. Yeah, and and just seeing that more and more men as you've got into January are starting to use it mm-hmm. is heartwarming in a way. You it's know, a positive yeah. thing to see you know, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that um and the fact that there's now this click that it is okay now to reach out and seek the help that you do need, mm-hmm. whether it's online or, you know, in a safe environment, mm-hmm. all over regulations and things like that as well. But places have to follow to still be able to offer the support but seeing that our donations from essentially going out and having fun with your friends in september and all the the money and work that was put into that has actually went and made an impact impact huge impact absolutely and i think that online service is just something that people find easier to access yeah Especially when they've struggled to ask for the help anyway. Yeah. Being able to just do it online, it just takes away the stress of making it a big deal. Yeah. It's within the comfort of your own home and you feel a little bit more safe. So it offers that as well. I just want to read out a few other statistics as well regarding age. So there have been 34 males and 34 females so far have used the service. The main core of that group is between the ages of 26 and 40 so normally the understanding is that it's males 18 to 25 or 26 are normally the group but it's nice to see the reports coming back and that our efforts are actually making an impact and helping people and as you mentioned before january is always a tough month anyway you know whether it's you've made resolutions for the new year and they're gone already (laughs) like mine have already mine are gone (laughs) but that kind of january is supposed to be the start of a new year and a a new kind of outlook yeah that whole we just have not had that yeah because january started with another lockdown yeah and not knowing when it was going to end and still not knowing when it's going to end and that is really tough yeah so with all those added pressures on top of that as well it has been a stressful month you know the the year of january is now over <laughs> thank god because it's, it's gone on for so long it felt like an age but seeing that emerge were able to offer such a great service to people as well and they were able to cover a wide range of different issues as well they offer so much more support than just being a ear to talk to or a shoulder to lean on mm-hmm. they're able to help you overcome the difficulty that you have whether it is suicidal thoughts depression anxiety whether you're a student that's worried about university they're able to offer all sorts of help and resolutions so that people can come to a conclusion where they're they feel comfortable now Mm -hmm. and now more than ever i think that is such a key thing that we have because of covid now and we're entering a stage where feels like it is week to week and we're kind of going from one day to the next wondering like are we one step closer to everything becoming normal and the answer is yes but we just don't know how quickly yeah we sort of have to take it with a little pinch of salt that things will lift and we're able to go out and enjoy all these activities but in the meantime we just have to look after each other and make sure that we are doing our best to help Mm -hmm. and 
that we are trying to contribute as much as we can so that we have a safe return to normal life again. Yeah, absolutely. Just making an issue for you and okay, cool. Yeah. Um, having I, f- I found as well that there was a couple of occasions in work where I was sitting and I was daydreaming, but I was daydreaming about something so silly. Like normally when you're sitting there, you're like, I'm, I'm dreaming that I'm heading to the Bahamas mm-hmm. or I'm sitting in a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> sipping cocktails. But mine was, oh, I can't wait to go to Port Rush. And not feel bad. <laughs> worried that the police are going to stop you. Exactly. Or, yeah, Where yeah. are you heading to? Oh, I'm a local. I live in the Laura Hall Road in Coleraine. <laughs> I'm on my way home now. I know. But it was so strange. Just like that's how. The simple things. Yeah. I can't wait for the simple things at home to happen again. I'm kind of over the. I, I would love to go on holiday. Don't get me wrong. But I'm over that wanting to do that. I just want to enjoy the simple things. And yeah. And not, not feel the stress. stress. Yeah. yeah. And sort of eyes are looking at you as you're doing things, you know, mm. being able to go into a shopping center and enjoy yourself for the day and mm. have a coffee. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. relax or go to the cinema. I know people don't go to the cinema anymore, but I guarantee when this all lifts, the omniplex at Lisburn is going to be mental. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it will. Just because it's something to do, and yeah. people will suddenly love the cinema again. People will love going to concerts. Mm-hmm. All those outdoor activities, people will thrive for them. I do hope that they do put that safe, you know, that they've been so tough around and so have not have not left anyone that there is this huge surge in things. So yeah, travel and tourism and hospitality has yeah. just taken such a massive hit because of all this. So I really do hope once things clear up, people eat out to help out or you know try and support the arts whether it's concerts or dramas or plays things that we kind of took for granted because we had an online world mm-hmm. and you're able to just flick open a laptop and watch whatever you want places like that struggled anyway now covid has come in and almost ruined it now so once everything opens we need to go out and support them as best as they can because it is people's livelihoods that are being ruined by this virus whether you're a businessman or someone that's hoping to go into the world of elite level sport a wannabe actor all these kind of ambitions that people have are suffering at the moment it's taken away from them all skills and stuff that i don't know if they need them because they need yeah now for years maybe not been using them or you know sport especially isn't something that you can wait for like in your line of work be able to go yeah. skiing and you will always be able to Definitely. work as a manager there yeah. with sport you're limited to time and age Sports, you know there, yeah. you've only got that golden period for about 15 20 years where you're able to compete at a high and intense level and with each passing month it's just setting people back so yeah. quickly as and well especially with restrictions of not being able to go to gym or football pitches or you know you're not getting enough practice in now. yeah even yeah. simple things as golf not being able to go to a driving range like anyone that's seen me play golf knows that I can very easily social distance. <laughs> I social distance myself from the ball. I can't even find it half the time. So notice that I went quiet when he started to talk about sports. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help him. <laughs> did you did you ever play sports in school? No. Bit of netball. <laughs> Didn't we all play a bit of netball? I think everyone Goal played defense. it. A bit of netball, very absolutely. Small bit of netball. But I've followed the Belfast Giants and stuff here quite a lot when I was younger. Oh sure the ice hockey as well. Like my ice hockey. There you go. You've yes. just you've just reinstated, you over. <laughs> you've just reinstated yourself again in sports. I do love my Absolutely. ice hockey. No and again that's something I can't wait for to come up again. Oh, you know, being able to go to the Odyssey and sit there and, and the atmosphere in the Odyssey and hockey is just amazing. It's yeah. one of those sports that like it's not political, it's not you know, everyone just has fun and gets going with it and I love the atmosphere in the Odyssey and hockey. It's very American, yeah. but it's an American thing that I'm comfortable with. Totally. And I mean, in, I've seen in the Odyssey they do like the dance cam. I don't think they've quite done the kiss cam no. yet, which I don't think it would go that, down That would get well. the same response every time, which would be a hand gesture. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, it would be hilarious, 100%, but they do the dance cam, I think, at the Odyssey. And then the chuck-a-puck as well, yeah. where you get, you know, little fun games, and it's very interactive as a fan as well. And it was even the same at the Capitals game in Washington. You felt part of it. Mm-hmm. 
but in a different way from something like rugby or football where it's very tribal obviously mm. the more you go into it the more tribal it does get if you are someone who lives in the center of new york and new york has two teams for everything yeah so you suddenly have to pick one and then that's the city divided whether you're jets or giants or rangers and yankees or what mets whatever team it is that you mm. suddenly support whereas being someone from outside of it all you sort of just get drawn in yeah yeah i, I love this party atmosphere that yeah. you have just can't wait for it to open up again yeah. <laughs> and be able to another activity that people should go out and support definitely yeah absolutely absolutely because of the amount of jobs that come with that not just the players everybody else yeah. around it you know hugely all catering staff and well, that was certainly a very interesting yeah, <laughs> quite quite a lot of tangents. quite a broad podcast episode but thank you for coming on thank you so much for having me it's really really fun and enjoyable i know thank you episode four is now officially done Woo! you can now enjoy the rest of your day agreed <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's all done don't worry about it now if you have enjoyed this make sure you check out all the other episodes i've done as well with my previous guests make sure you head over to the instagram page as well and give it a follow it's the best way to keep updated with all giveaways special content episode updates and that's it for this week's episode at least everyone stay safe take pride in everything you do because remember you're all superstars see you later